You are listening to the brand new episode of In Love With The Process. I'm your host, Mike Petchy. How are you? Welcome. I barely got that out. Come on in, have a seat. Excited, because today is, uh, we've, we haven't done one in a while, but today is a music showcase. It is a part of our uh, constant love and appreciation and promotion of the synth wave movement which I love. And as you know, if you listen to the show, we've had so many amazing artists that sort of fall into that category, the new retro wave world, the synth wave world, just that music that has that sense of nostalgia. But more importantly, it feels like the music of a movie. It feels like uh, an emotional ride. And what I love about these artists as I talk to them is that Unlike a lot of other popular music that we hear that gets more press and more money put into it, these artists are not only oftentimes writing their own music, but writing their own lyrics and putting their own stuff together. Um, it all feels very connected to the person that you're listening to. Um, and that's a big part of why I like this scene. Today, I'm excited. We're joined by Yoda um, that's Y-O-T-A, Yota. Uh, she is on the new Retrowave label. They wrote to me and said, you got to listen to her stuff. And I loved it. Um, and it's a great, great conversation. Very emotional conversation. Uh, we get into uh, tapping into emotions as artists. We get into dealing with the highs and lows of being an emotional artist. Uh, we talk about life and death. There's a whole lot of that. We get deep. Uh, so it's a great conversation. And and as always, I'm about to take you on a sonic journey. So we'll be intercutting in tracks from her album uh, in between the interview. So strap yourselves in. This is a great, this is one of the fav my favorite things to do on the show is just really introduce you to music. And I don't know, maybe it's my history working in music stores. Maybe it's my slight history of doing radio DJing. This is what I've always wanted to do was just introduce folks like you to the music that inspires me. And I it, sometimes it's weird. I know you'll listen to these tracks and go, dude, aren't you like a metal guy? You got a long beard. You'll be surprised at how much pop music is influenced by metal dudes. <laughs> We'd also talk about that on the show. But before we get into it, I want to thank everybody for following me on Instagram at Mike Petchy and for following the podcast on Instagram. That's in love with the process, P-O-D. Yes, I have been answering 12KM DMs. Yes, we've been inundated with it. Yes, I do still have some t-shirts available. If you want any t-shirts, if you want a signed copy of the script, email me at inlovewiththeprocess at gmail.com. That's the best way to get in touch with me. If you have feedback on the show, email me at inlovewiththeprocess at gmail.com. Uh, a lot of folks are trying to get through the DMs, and sometimes you get lost in a seat. If you are currently following me, or if I accepted your follow, then your DMs go into my normal folder. But if you're someone that we haven't had an exchange with yet, you get lost in this massive folder of stuff. So it's the best way to get access to me, is like I said, through uh, emailing me at inlovewiththeprocess at gmail.com. In the background, Gina's here. Hi, Gina. What are you doing back there? What do you? What is the stuff that you're doing right now? Oh, Gina is obsessed with our new pets. 
And uh, we just integrated uh, the third rat into the rat club. And now it's a pack, right? Would, yes. you, would you call it a rat pack now? Rat pack. The G gang. <laughs> so that's what the noises are in the background. Um, so, yeah. Let's see. What else did I want to talk about? Um, a big shout out to uh, everybody who has been sending me their video reviews of 12 cam i've been trying to post as many as i can um we will be announcing a winner um that will get a free t-shirt so if you want a free t-shirt uh 12 cam or in love with the process t-shirt and we have your size um just send me a video review of 12 cam and that could just simply be you with your with your phone filming yourself going like this movie fucking sucks <laughs> and I will post, I'll pick my favorite. It doesn't have to be positive reviews. If it's negative reviews, I'll post those. I'll probably get more attention for the negative reviews I post. But, you know, it'll help either way. It'll totally help. Um, all right, that's it. Let's uh, let's get to the show. Me and Yoda have a lot to talk about. Uh, this is a really great interview and very personal interview. Um, so let's, let's cue up a track and let's take you on the sonic journey of Yota. On the brand new episode of In Love with the Process. Thanks for being on the show. How are you? 
Thanks for having me. I'm doing very well, thank you. We were just talking offline. You're in Paris, right? So you're in the future. <laughs> I am in the future. <laughs> I can tell you everything about your future. <laughs> yeah. I have... I'm talking to you. I can tell you that you will be talking to me. <laughs> I have always wanted to go to Paris. We almost, my girlfriend and I almost did before COVID and then COVID hit. And so it's yeah. it's been a destination. How long have you been in Paris? Oh, I've been here since 2011. So oh, it's been cool. a while. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I mean, I hear amazing things about it. I mean, besides, you know, all the touristy stuff and all that, I hear. Yeah, it is it is very nice. And I happen to live right by the Seine River. Mm -hmm. So actually, I can see the Eiffel Tower from my living room. As I'm speaking <laughs> with you now, I can see it. So it's pretty like, it's pretty amazing. And I, I'm really happy to live here. And of course, there are like good sides and bad sides course but yes. i do really like uh i live in a neighborhood that is also calm and things like that so it's but i i really like paris i, I do love it so you should definitely visit yes i uh, would love to i would love to what brought you to paris was it the music scene that brought you there or did you always want to live there like uh what brought me well first of all i moved to strasbourg which is also in france but it's by the border between germany and france mm -hmm. but uh, i moved there in 2007 because i uh, met a french uh, guy that uh, <laughs> my boyfriend uh lifelike uh his artist name is lifelike and we started working together and he lived in strasbourg and then i moved to strasbourg and then we moved to paris eventually oh, nice. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, so the the new retro wave, like the retro wave scene is, is much bigger in Europe than it is here in the United States. And I like, I've been a huge fan of it for years, like even mm -hmm. prior, I, I think the thing that put it on the map was probably Drive and Nicholas Refen and did that, you know, the, that was a big yeah. moment here for the US. But even prior to yeah. that, I've always loved the scene what drew you to that type of music mm. uh actually um i've always been like when i always like started working with music i've been doing like other uh, things as well like uh, deep house and mm -hmm. new disco and uh different kind of like genres definitely but what I always what what always have happened was that I usually have this 80s sound or like like <laughs> let's say like whenever I record something when I play it for somebody they say oh this sounds so 80s it's not <laughs> intentional it just happens <laughs> and uh, what what eventually happened was that my manager James he he kind of introduced my sent my album to NRW. Mm -hmm. and uh, and they loved it and that was uh i think it was my strangers on film album mm -hmm. and then apparently it is synthwave but i never like i never thought about what i'm <laughs> doing as genre except for obviously if it's like deep house it's very like specific or sure. or new disco but then like then i was like oh so this is synthwave <laughs> it was just i don't know i don't, it's just uh, it was just natural but then uh, my first 
like uh, Strangers on Film, Hazy Paradise, also the album after. Yep. I mean, I had a lot of people, then we had the Synthwave police saying that this is not Synthwave, like some of the tracks <laughs> are not Synthwave. And uh, I'm like, okay, well, this is what I do. And uh, But I think um, it was it was never... An, I just, just, I love the music, basically. That's it. I yeah. love that kind of music. And, uh, but I, I listen to very, uh, like, different music, different genres, really. Everything from new wave to yep. new disco to house and everything. And, of course, synthwave as well. What is it about yeah. the sound that sort of draws you in? Is it is it the synth stuff or is it just... Because there's this, there's this mm-hmm. vibe that your music has, which... Yeah, could feel nostalgic, right? But these days, it, yeah. I think it transcends nostalgia because it's become its own thing now. Um, but it's yeah. just very like free and airy, and ju- like yeah. there's a sense of like driving excitement with it. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, where does it? Where where did your inspirations come from for this? I like I like the the fact that you say that because that's kind of like the feeling that I have. You catch the feeling that I have when I'm recording. Oh, nice! Um, especially on the latest album, but also the previous one. And it is like when I'm recording, I just want to have this high, you know, like this natural <laughs> high. I want it to take off like a plane.
<laughs> and uh, so, and, and I'm very, very enthusiastic about what I do. Mm -hmm. So when I receive a track, first of all, if I don't feel it 100%, then I will just ask the producer to, to change some parts in it or send me a new instrumental or mm -hmm. I just can't do, I won't do, I wouldn't record any more like uh, vocals uh, or work on a track that I don't feel. Mm. And uh, which I did do in the past at some point, you know, m most artists maybe did that, like at some point if they get like paid and they're like, okay, can you do this? And like, okay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to make a living, you know, like a painter back in the sure. days when they had to paint things that they didn't want to paint. Uh, it still happens with all artists right now. It's still it the does, same thing. It yeah. does, and I'm not judging them. We have to make a living. But yep. the thing is that <clears throat> uh, what I do is that I first of all I need to really feel the like the track so the instrumental really needs to um, inspire me so what I usually do is that I'm immediately like oh it's like a drug almost like I had just to have to turn on the mic and just start to record <laughs> and then I just uh, I love to build up the tension and then that it takes off it's super important for me mm. I can't uh, it's rare that I make a track that is just like you know, follows like it just has to take off. Mm. Uh, there needs to be this high, and uh, there needs to be um, an intense feeling of something. So, um, passion or, mm -hmm. or sadness, or or this is very important. And I I'm very much like that as a person as well. Sometimes it can be exhausting, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> this is very much how I am. And and um, so that's my inspiration is the mood, the feeling that it can give me when, when I like find a melody that I like and mm -hmm. that I'm thinking that I really like when I listen to it in a loop and then I'm thinking that maybe this is what will make other people feel the same way or, or similar, like mm -hmm. this, just this natural high. Uh, being able to create something uh, just by making music, something out of the ordinary, the feeling like that you can have of uh, the feeling of magic. Yeah, I don't know, very, something like that. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I mean, I, I completely understand. I sympathize because, you know, what I do, my, my job is, is I'm a film director. And so I, I do yeah. a lot of movie stuff. And music is a huge, huge, huge part of uh, movies. And it's... Yeah. It's really the, uh, it, it's like, it's the shot of adrenaline that emotions need whenever you're trying to, to convey a story or tell a story. And so yeah. if I want an audience to feel happy, if I want an audience to feel scared, or if I want an audience to feel sad, we can simply yeah. do that with music and with specific yeah. melodies. And music, out of all the art forms, it's mm -hmm. so fascinating because it's it, it's one of the few art forms that like physically affects you. Like if you're standing close to a speaker or if you are yeah. in that area, so you're feeling the rhythm, you're feeling the beat on your body. And then it also does this weird, it does this weird sort of opening of your mind. And it, it, it's almost like, uh, it, it's almost like an easy pass into imagination, which is yeah. so fucking cool. I get, yeah. I, yeah. I, I have nothing but respect for, for for folks like you that can just sort of sit down and create this stuff and and play oh, in that you. realm because I, it's it's beautiful it really is. Thank you, and the way you described it was very beautifully put. Oh, like that's a, yeah, it's like a direct link or like a like direct cord to the emotional 
yeah. um, realm of something. And then it's like, okay, you can just take this way instead. And then you can just directly um, um, feel those emotions, like an act, like a door that is opening. And then you have all these emotions in this room or something. <laughs> yeah, no, for completely. And you can, to you can totally tell the difference, but when, you know, there's someone at the other end of that microphone that mm -hmm. is incredibly passionate and very emotional. And like you said, yeah. chasing that high, which is really cool. You can feel that. And I think that sort of personality is what creates dynamic music and music that, that lives longer. There's a whole lot of stuff that we get, especially with pop music now, where everything's yeah. just written for the artist and they just sort of show up. And we've yeah. sort of moved away as a business moved away from talent and more into visuals of what people look like and how they can be yeah. sold. It's yeah. it's and so then you hear it when you listen to a lot of pop music now where you're like there yeah. really isn't any passion in this. Yeah. You know. It's uh, yeah, it's lacking something. Yeah. It's uh I agree with you sometimes it feels like um yeah, it's just there is no substance in it or something. There's just something lacking. I mean, they're obviously good, good artists and good sure. acts, of, but the, but, and, and, and I, I'm sure that there are very, very many good artists out there. It's just that the, the market, like the, the business, uh, creates some kind of like manufactured thing of what is going to sell. Yeah. And it's just, oh, it is so depressing sometimes when like <laughs> here in Paris, here, when I take the cab to go to the airport or something mm -hmm. and the music that they play often not always but it's like it's depressing yeah it's like so freaking depressing it's this auto-tuned horrible stuff yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's fascinating because it, it seems like especially in in pop music a current pop music mm -hmm. it's all about the producer right it's all about the folks that are like making the tracks yeah. and, and now that the technology exists yeah. Where you, not only can you auto tune, but now, <laughs> now with the AI content that's existing right now, oh, yeah. it's pretty ridiculous. Like you can, you know, yeah. take Kanye West and have him sing Elvis at this point without him <laughs> actually doing it. How do you yeah. feel? How do you feel about that technology? Does that worry you? Does that affect you? It does affect me. I I'm not such a fan of it because mm. it's uh, it takes away something. Um, it takes away that, like the. Oh, I'm not gonna. I need to think about what I'm saying because I really. Do, I'm not really a fan of it. So I'm like, I'm trying to be diplomatic. I, I, I'm not a fan of it. Uh, I. I think that it's. Uh, uh, it doesn't feel real. Yeah. And it doesn't feel. I mean. Then what's the point? Then like, what's the point of of humans making music? Like, like I don't know. It just feels empty. It does. Uh, I I'm not a fan of that at all. Not no, at all. No, it does. It's weird. And what's what's interesting about it? If we can sort of play on that for a minute. What's interesting about it to me is it feels like if if you're somebody that loves to sing and wants to sing. You've spent years and years just building that muscle, like building that that yeah. skill, and then learning through experience and personal experience of how music, this art form, can also help heal you, can help you uh, express what you've experienced in life. Like yeah. all of that is, I guess, what you would call the definition of the passion that is behind it, and with yeah. uh, a program 
that just sort of summarizes all that up and then offers yeah. it up to the individual who really doesn't have that passion, really doesn't have that, tra- yeah. doesn't have any of that stuff. I, I don't necessarily yeah. think it's because of AI that makes it impassionate and boring and, and non-human. I just no. think it's because of the folks that are just are using it that makes it yeah. that way, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's like takes away, like, for example, when, when I record vocals now, obviously after every album and after year by year, I, I develop my vocal and I find different ways of singing and I'm like taking my vocal out for a ride. <laughs> let's say that, okay, let's try this and let's try that. And, uh, and, and it's sometimes, I mean, I can honestly literally like retake, I, I can have retakes of one single word. And if I'm not happy with it, I can do it like 200 times <laughs> because this word is not like I don't like the pitch or mm-hmm. or it just it just annoys me there's something and I can be very very picky like that and it's like okay but if you have a program that does everything then there's like something just that gets lost yeah. in the process yeah uh, I think because when I finally nail that word or or sentence then then I'm like a kid in the candy store. I'm jumping and I'm shouting and I'm like, what? Like, it's like such a high. It makes me so happy. Mm. It's, it's ridiculous. But it's, I think that you can, I hope that you can feel it when you listen to my music, that there is a, a lot of like uh, passion behind it and, yeah. and like dedication. Yeah. You can definitely hear that. And I think oh, I think yeah. that's what makes it interesting for, for folks to listen to. And I think in that passion and in that in that often frustration and that in that work that you're doing, you find something interesting and accidental and new that then yeah. becomes your definition at that point, yeah. which is you can't it's not like as an artist you and I aren't sitting there going, okay, let, let me give me the tally of everything that's been popular before. And then we'll just smash that together. And that'll be our sound. It's, it's the, I find with, with my movies and my style of filmmaking and what I'm known for people respond the most to my mistakes 
and the stuff yeah. that I try to then improve upon uh, yeah. because they seem so new and fresh and out of nowhere, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's interesting. That's, uh, that's totally true. And that's also, I think, the same thing with people. If we talk about beauty and things like that, that there's something with the with people, with faces, for example, hmm. that is out of the ordinary, or maybe the person uh, themselves do not think that it's beautiful, but then other people like notice, and this is what makes them really like there's a, there's a their characteristic, or like that makes it beautiful, hmm. so that it stands out in a way, and then it's just you know I think it's the same, but I agree with you totally. Mm. I do. Well, what's interesting yeah. too is that when I listen to your music, um, mm. you do such a good job of of. It, because you're singing in obviously in English and it's, it, it's a vibe that feels like it's a recorded in America. So do you work really hard on your pronunciation of all the words and, and on your, the way that it comes out? Because it just, it, you obviously have an accent when I talk to you here yeah, on the show, yeah, but you yeah, really yeah, don't yeah. get that when you listen to the music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't actually. So when I sing, I, I, I usually don't have to, it's when I talk, that's when you can hear my accent. <laughs> but actually when I sing, you can't know what I'm working on with when I'm recording the vocal is not the pronunciation. It is, uh, the, the pitch oh. that, that I get the pitch, right. That I'm not singing out of tune or, or, um, that it needs to sound that it needs to talk to you. It needs to make you feel something. I can, I can, that's why sometimes I do retakes because of the pitch, because I'm like out of tune, slightly out of tune, uh -huh. sometimes very much out of tune, depends. <laughs> uh, so this is, this is why I'm um, uh, re-recording things. Or if I feel that the word in itself, it just sounds flat or lacks yeah. something, but no, I don't work on the, on the, on the pronunciation. That's not a problem for me. Oh, that's fascinating. So then the, the byproduct. That's bizarre, right? That's bizarre. <laughs> yeah, no. So then the yeah. byproducts of you making it sound good, it just flows differently. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah. So, well, why music for you? Why did you decide that this was the art form that you can express yourself? Um, I, it was actually, I, I started off painting. I went to art school and this was mm -hmm. what I thought that I would do. Uh, but then, um, my father used to be a singer, mm. but we, he never, we never talked about music, me and me and him like that. It was, a. but, um, then I had a friend who, um, she used to be a manager, uh, for some soul artists in New York. And, uh, we were, we became friends. Like she was like, 40 years older than me, but we were like besties. <laughs> and uh, I was like, uh, I was very young. And then we were just sitting in our car and then I started imitating Al Green and, you know, the falsetto. And, uh, and I was just joking, but then she's, she just like, she was like, you have to sing what on earth? This is so good. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, like 18 years old or something uh -huh. and, or 17 or something. And, and, and then I was like, really, do you think I should sing? And she's like, yes, hell yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, that's, then I started to, to, I'm like, okay, maybe I should try. And 
during that time, I had a boyfriend that was a musician. Uh-huh. So he had a home studio. Uh, so with he was a vocalist and and a guitar player. So then I just started to play around mm. uh, in 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 his studio or in our studio. I mean, we lived together, <laughs> and I was like twenty something. And then that's how it started. No. So then I actually sent my music to uh, somebody called Håkan Leibbo, who's a very known producer in Sweden, mm-hmm. internationally as well. He produced Yellow, for example. But mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. I, um, I sent it to him and he said, I really like this. Would you like to come over? And that's how it started. Then I signed my publishing deal and such. And that's how it yeah, took off, basically. It's yeah. it's crazy. I, I was just talking because I've got some friends that are producers here. And we were just yeah. talking about how many of the top charping, the top chart hits that are in the U.S. were written by producers in Sweden. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's insane. Right? Like how many songs from all these huge, huge acts like Britney Spears yes. and all the way through were written by a couple of like, you know, like, you know, metal dudes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's right. Metal dudes sitting in a in a in a dark studio working a lot because they work a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I've been in a few of those studios. You it's know, crazy. And it's really this is really the mood. It's like guys with long hair, like old <laughs> metal guys, <laughs> writing like yeah pop music that works like uh, very well. well. No, 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 I know. It's funny. There is something with the yeah Swedish music culture that is fascinating. Um, yeah. I made once an interview. Uh, it was for the Amsterdam Dance. Um, what is it called? The event? Uh, what is it? The one annual thing? I'm not going to know. I'm not going to know. What the- oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah. anyways, it's like a big music uh, gathering of musicians all from all over the world. Anyway. Okay. And uh, they made an interview and there was a Swedish section that was like, what is the thing with Swedish music? Swedes. And, <laughs> and uh, why? Why the Swedes? And I don't know why, but uh, I, I'm still still with my publisher and my publisher uh, started uh, a long time ago he's a heavyweight publisher in sweden and he started working already with abba that's so crazy. this is amazing yeah that's crazy. Yeah, yeah so uh, so i would have to ask him what he thinks about what what is the thing with swedes i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No it blew my mind. Yeah. It really blew my mind. And, and yeah. w- when you just sort of look at a lot of the big pop acts that exist right now, and you go through, because now on Spotify, it'll list all the, the, the people that write mm-hmm. the music and all the folks. And mm-hmm. some of these acts have like 15, 16 people on as writers for their songs. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. w- what's your process? You, you work closely with a producer and a producer sends you a track and then you write vocals for that track? Like, what, what, is, your, what is your process? Yeah, I, I, I have uh, my own recording uh, studio so I have uh, everything that I need to record my vocals uh, mm-hmm. which is provided by my publisher thank you <laughs> <laughs> so I and I basically um, I don't make the instrumental mm-hmm. I receive the instrumental from uh, different producers I have a lot of different producers that I work with both uh, from the states or France or other countries Sweden as well mm-hmm. and um and then sometimes they just send me an instrumental. Sometimes I ask them, could you do something like this? Mm-hmm. So I usually send them mood boards. 
And oh. then uh, before an album, I usually send the same mood board to all the producers that I'm thinking that I would like to have on the album. And then I can send a voice message along with it. And I say, oh, at 2.3 minutes in this track, this is what I like. <laughs> yeah. And then usually they create something uh, either like that or they just create something. They send me something they know what I, what I would vibe with. And then uh, I upload the track in Logic Audio mm -hmm. at mm -hmm. home mm -hmm. and then in my studio at home. And then I record uh, the melody and the lyric, write the lyrics and record all of the vocals myself. Nice. And then, yeah, everything. So that is what I do. And then when I'm done with that, I bounce everything, uh, but without any uh, effects. Right. So I bounce the vocals dry uh, with uh, all the takes that I, but I choose the takes that I'm going to keep. And then I bounce them and then the producer takes over and they start to mix. And um, then usually I always, of course, obviously listen to the mix afterwards and then I can we can go through the mix sometimes and I can say, can you change that or can you sure. add that and sure. such. Sure, sure. And that's how we work. That's, re yeah. that's really great. I mean, that's how I would assume, that's why it blows my mind when I see all these big pop acts that make millions of dollars yeah. and how much they don't do yeah. any of that. All right, gang, it's time to take a break, talk about the sponsors of the show. If you're in the market for a new computer, maybe you're a music producer, right? Maybe you're someone that is a video editor and you need a new machine. Why not build a PC? Why? Because they're great. They're great machines. They're reliable machines. They're upgradable, right? You're not sort of trapped into three selections off of some like big manufacturer's website and then basically paying for the unboxing experience just put that money where it needs to go into the guts of your tool and that tool should work for you you shouldn't have to bend to the rules of that tool you know what i mean i'm being like vague but if you guys try to buy a mac you know what i'm talking about um so maybe you don't know how to build a pc right? Maybe you don't want to build a PC. It's kind of a pain in the ass to put one together yourself, right? Is this graphics card going to work with this motherboard? Like, what is the right combination? Why is this hard drive not booting? Like, what the fuck? Is my BIOS fucked up? All these different things that you don't really need to know. I did the hard work for you. I found this company called Puget Systems. They build custom-built PCs to suit your needs. You can buy one based upon the software that you're going to use. So they'll you can choose the software, they'll give you a baseline package, and what they want from you is to customize it for you. And they, they're consistently, constantly benchmark testing equipment, benchmark testing gear, trying to figure out with the recent updates, if it's even worth buying that new, ridiculously expensive graphics card. And the thing that's great about doing stuff in the PC landscape is that all the manufacturers for the hardware, it's a very competitive world. So their prices drop drastically and radically and so often than not using a card that came out i don't know two or three generations prior does the same thing as the new one does if not better so pugetsystems.com it's a great resource if you're going to build your own pc is a place to go if you're going to buy a new computer human beings do tech support they know your name there it's great 
I can't say enough good things about my buddies over at PugetSystems.com. Also supporting the show are friends over at Fujifilm. Fujifilm cameras. I love them. I use them. Gina uses them. Uh, the GFX 100S. Uh, she has been just recently did a, a beautiful shoot with a friend of ours. Eventually, we'll be able to talk. She's actually going to be on the show. She's an actress that was in a pretty big movie. Um, but I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about any of that stuff right now because of the strike. But uh, yeah, uh, we just uh, she did a photo shoot right before the strike with this person. And uh, she used her GFX 100S and she used her photo deox lens adapter. We were putting Mamiya lenses on there. And the look that she gets out of it is just gorgeous. It's creamy, it's juicy, it's lovely. Uh, they're really great. And she has been getting such a, a different look, a better quality look ever since she's changed the camera body to Fujifilm. Just because the color profile, because of the codec, it's amazing. And like I said, the combination of that and getting a great lens adapter allows us to take all our old lenses and put them on the Fujifilm body. Not to say that Fujifilm doesn't have banging lenses. We use their lenses too, man. I've got a whole kit of their lenses that we love. The super low is a 50 millimeter. I think it's like a 1.4 or 1.8. Beautiful lens. And the thing that's great about using the Fujifilm lenses is that it works with the autofocus, which is like Skynet grade autofocusing. You know what I mean? Like they put Terminator eyes in these things. So it has the ability to track objects. It has the ability to track facial features. So you might not need that assistant, that follow focus puller if you're using a camera like that. It's pretty cool, man. I like the, the ability to track items. So like I can actually like uh, tell it like, hey, this glass on the counter, boop, lock on that and then I can do moves around and it'll keep that focus. It's pretty fucking cool, man. Check out Fujifilm's cameras. They're amazing. They're great for filmmakers. They're great for street shooters. They're great just to have one to be a, you know, a vacationer that wants something other than their iPhone to shoot photos with, which I fully fucking support. Spent too much time on that fucking device. Fujifilm, check them out. The links are in the description of this episode. They're trackable links, so please use them. There's also a great link down there for the refurbished gear. So like if you're on a budget, maybe they have what you need refurbished. So check all that out. Also supporting the show are friends at Boca Rentals. I say this all the time to filmmakers listening to the show. It's imperative that you make a close relationship with your local rental house. Why? Because you can go down there and get trained on the newest gear. You can have access to all this new gear. Oftentimes you're dealing with producers that are just, you know, gear hounds. They want to shoot with the latest lens. They want to shoot with the latest piece of equipment, the latest camera. And you physically can't afford to buy all that stuff. You can't keep up with all that stuff. Go with a local rental house. And out here in Los Angeles, Boca Rentals is the place to be. I love those guys. They love me. They love this show. They support us. And then all of our listeners that go to Boca, they actually take photos of them in the space and send it to me, which I love. So we're all out of work right now. We're in this period of time where it's strike, strike, strike. You're not allowed to do anything. This is the perfect time to do personal projects. This is the perfect time to get out and test new gear. Call up the guys from Boca Rentals. Make an appointment, get down there, hang out, try out some new stuff. Maybe you bought yourself a Fujifilm camera and you got a fucking sweet PL mount from Photo Deox. Go down there and mount some awesome cinema lenses on that camera and see what it does. 
Boca Rentals. They'll place to do it here in Los Angeles. Finally, last but not least, if you're new to the show and you're just overwhelmed by how many episodes, I'm overwhelmed by how much I talk on this fucking show. At this point, I'm like almost 300 and the episodes oftentimes are two hours long. So do the math on how long you can hear my voice for here. It's pretty crazy. If you just want to listen to all the music episodes, go to inlovewiththeprocess.com. I've curated everything by subject material. We also have musician spotlights up there. It is a great place to go if you want to customize your listening experience to our show. All right, so that's at inlovewiththeprocess.com. All right, let's get back to it. So when you mentioned your mood board, what is your mood board mm-hmm. like? Is it a visual thing or is it like a bunch of audio clips? Like what is, what are your mood boards like? Yeah, it's basically just audio. It's, it's, it's tracks. Got it. So my mood board is just music. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I sometimes send it, send, like I said, a voice message along with it mm-hmm. where I talk about each track and why it makes me vibe, what, what I like in it. And, and usually uh, which minute, like at, at this and this part, like minutes, so and so many minutes. This I like this because of that and such. So uh, that's it. I don't usually send any images or anything like that. Right, I just right. send uh, um, audio, basically. Yeah, it's interesting yeah. because when I think mood board, I'm a, obviously being a director. It's it's a visual yeah, thing. So you, yeah, it's yeah, different so, for you. Obviously. And I've never heard a, mu- a musician say that they use a mood board for something. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, fascinating. Maybe it's not called that. I don't know. I, I like that you called it then. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's fascinating. So so then with your album, your latest album, The Room 412, yeah. which is great, by the way. Um, wh- what were your inspirations? What were your references for that? Like, where were you pulling from for that one? Uh, as far as artists or just in general? Just in general. Like, where, where did it come from for you? Mm, 
uh, it, it came from like um, definitely uh, feeling a lot of like emotions that were like it felt like it was already the case with lucid dreams, mm-hmm. but it felt like I was like pulled in different directions emotionally because of things that happened in my life. And uh, those emotions created like this extreme dynamic between uh, happiness, but also sadness, like things that happen in life, you know, there was, it was like very much an extreme year when I recorded Room 412. So that I had like these very happy moments, but then I had like these very, tough moments so it was pretty bizarre like the writing in the writing process of room 412 because some days i had like a hard time getting out of bed because you know life throws some challenges at you sometimes yeah yeah. and so it was like really hard to get literally to get out of bed i was like i can't do it but then i'm like okay i need to record i need to finish i need to so so then when i started to record it usually used to make me feel good yeah um but then, so that was one thing. And then I had this super intense, like happy moments also because of life, that things that were happening uh, regarding like relationships and things like that. Nice. Uh, but it was a bit messy, I would say. So like the, the entire writing process during the Room 412 was very messy and hmm. sometimes very exhausting. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's exhausting to be so freaking emotional all the time. <laughs> you know, well, it would be lovely to be like this, you know, like calm person. Yeah, be a machine. <laughs> yeah, machine. Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I mean, yeah. like, I understand that completely. I completely understand where you're coming from, and I think a lot of the people that listen to the show, because they're all artists that listen to the show or yeah. fans of art, we all yeah. feel that same thing, and we've been through some crazy shit for the yeah. past what four years, five years, or whatever it's been. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it before. COVID before everything that we went through, it was Mm -hmm. already hard enough to be an artist and an artist that is, you know, making money off of their art primarily. And and the, the motivation that it requires for you to get literally get out of bed and to pick something up and to do something can be incredibly difficult because you're your own boss at that point. You're your own motivator at that point. And so if you are going through depressions in in your regular life or if you're going through relationship issues Mm -hmm. or money issues, Mm -hmm. it becomes so difficult to, you know, drag yourself out of fucking bed and do it sometimes. Yeah, Um, definitely. And and then when you mentioned that when you started recording it, you started to feel better. Yeah. I feel the same way. Like if I, if I drag myself into getting back to work and I go and I film something or if I'm editing something, yeah. You start to get those endorphins again. You start to feel that high again. Definitely. And, and then you have a sense of purpose, you know? Absolutely. And and uh, also like what you what you're saying that the, you're your own boss, so you just need to drag yourself. Yeah. You know, uh out of bed and take care of those things and and of course eventually you do, but it's there's also something that I learned is that uh, if you are not feeling well and you really don't feel like dragging yourself and, and, and starting to work, mm-hmm. then give yourself some time. Just give yourself, like yesterday I had a, this is some issues and I didn't have a good day. So the entire day felt like it was just, oh, it was just annoying. Mm-hmm. So what I did was that I spent like four hours of listening to music <laughs> the entire day. <laughs> 
<laughs> trying to find tracks that I like and, you know, just working on that. But that's also part of the process. But it's just, okay, so there's no point, like, to try. Sometimes it is good, of course. You drag yourself, you start to work, and then, it, you know, then it, there's a flow, and then you're, like, happy, feel happier, better. But sometimes you're just like, no, I just can't do it. Yeah. And that's usually the time when you should give yourself a break that's what I think. Give yourself a break. Don't be like, it's not going to be any better if you're like, oh, but you should do, you should do this, you should do that. It's, it's like, no, okay, I, give, I allow myself to take a break in order to charge my batteries because it is you that has to deliver, nobody else. Yes. So it's like, I don't know, so sometimes just be nice with yourself because sometimes I think if we would talk to other people the way we talk to ourselves in our heads, <laughs> yeah. then people would, you would not have any friends left. You know? <laughs> like they would it's so you. true. It's so true. I, I completely, right? I completely, because I'm so incredibly hard on myself when it comes to yeah. time. And, you know, when I talk to my therapist, mm -hmm. she would tell me that my biggest trigger is time and time is the thing that uh, sets me off all always. And it's like, what have I yeah. done? What have I done to earn this? And that, that when I started yeah. as a young uh, filmmaker in the beginning, and I decided that I was no longer going to do regular work, I wasn't going to work nine to five. And this was my thing. I promised myself as a kid to stay motivated. Yeah. I said, look, you have to earn every day. And that's what you're going to do is you're going to earn every day. And it was a, a good motivator for me to go and learn and, and, and push myself through it. But then there sort of hit a point uh, where I'd been doing it for a while and I was still in that same mindset. And I felt like I was just torturing myself and beating myself yeah. up constantly. Like, yeah. And I was very disappointed with like what I was doing and how much time. And it, I had to learn to do what you're saying, which is like, yeah. take a break, have a fucking hobby, yeah. like go do something else yeah. for a little bit, Yeah, you know? Yeah, to allow yourself to do that. So when when you are just you know you know taking a break, do not walk around and think, oh, I should do this and I should do that because that's not a break. Yeah. That's then you know <laughs> stressing about something. But just like I allow myself, I I take charge. I allow myself to have a break now. I need it uh, because if I'm not if I'm not re well rested and and feel well, then well, you can feel bad and create nice things, though. <laughs> but, but if I'm not well rested or whatever, then it was just like affect the entire mood. And, and uh, yeah, so I think it's very important to just uh, learn how to just not do anything. Yeah. Uh, easier said than done, of course. Of course. But, yeah. I still have trouble with it. You know, it's, Me too. <laughs> it, yeah, it's still troublesome. And I get mad at myself when I'm mad at myself, where I'm like, stop being so hard on yourself. And now I'm mad at myself. For being yeah. mad. <laughs> it's, it's hard, you know, it, but yeah. I mean, but the truth of the matter is what we both do requires us to be in touch with emotions and requires us to be uh, yeah. inspired by life and by things that are around us. And it's really difficult, especially I think in a modern world where everything is very sort of closed off, you know, everybody's on their phones mostly, like most people's yeah. existence is in within, is within three feet of their face. That's where most yeah. people live. And yeah. it's very hard to break out of that and to sort of be looking further around you because that's the only way, at least in my field, that's the yeah. only way I'm going to see other people and understand other stories 
and to get yeah. stuff that's real and not just based upon some other movie or something else I saw on television, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting shit. Well, I'm fascinated with all I'm happy that we ended up on this tangent because I think uh, I'm always curious about creation and I'm always curious about the mood and how to stay within that mode and that mood. And yeah. then, you know, my girlfriend's very similar to you as far as like her energy level. Like she's a ball of excitement and electricity, which I love. Really? Yeah, I love ah, it. Lovely. Yeah. I love it because I'm an older dude. And I, like I'm a ball of cynicism. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's nice to get that charge of energy. But I also see yeah. how f quickly that exhausts her as well. And like yeah. the, the crashing yeah. that happens from that. And it sounds, oh, yeah. it sounds like you're very similar, right? Are you... Uh, very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think you're so outwardly emotional? Is, were you always that way? Honestly, uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't think so. I was, I was always an emotional person, but the past, like the last few years, it's just been, yeah, more than usual. I have no idea. <laughs> but actually, <laughs> actually, it was since... It started with Hazy Paradise mm -hmm. and then Lucid Dreams. That was like super emotional. And then Room 412, definitely very emotional. <laughs> uh, so I would say that it was like, the, yeah, the, like the past few years, I have no idea. And I understand that it definitely helps me in the writing process. It's uh, definitely um, a source for everything that I do yeah uh, definitely it's like a, uh, and there are a lot of emotions to pick and choose between <laughs> so I can you know create uh, things with the help of it's like you know like if you would have a lot of different colors to choose between it would yeah. make like a, a painting with a lot of different nuances and colors mm -hmm. um, and I do I'm very happy about it but if it can of course on a private plan it can sometimes be so so exhausting yeah uh because it affects your relationships and things like that and sometimes it's just you know just annoying uh to be so <laughs> emotional <laughs> i was actually thinking the other day i was like do i need to start on like some kind of mood stabilizing thing or something <laughs> <laughs> because it's just exhausting but i mean at the same time i am somebody who tries to think logically in the in the midst of everything so it's not like i'm not like going bananas here and going crazy like <laughs> climbing on the walls or something it's okay i can still like try to have a like a dialogue with myself but um yeah, yeah it is i have no idea now, I have no idea why I'm like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's a sense of like, you know, a sense of pride that you can tell that you have for it. And there's a, like, I think that uh, you're very fortunate to have that well of emotions to draw. And I think that's w what makes the music great. And I think there's a lot of artists out there that are consistently trying to find that. And I think there's, yeah. you know, uh, we, I think people forget that, especially with musicians, I think people yeah. forget that we are constantly changing as human beings. Like, and if, if we're not, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's like, it's a whole different genre, but it's like when people talk about Metallica, right? And so you, mm -hmm. you, th mm -hmm. you talk about like the first two or three albums from Metallica and mm -hmm. you're like, that is perfect. That is what Metallica is. That is what Metallica mm -hmm. should sound like 
forever. Mm-hmm. And you, mm-hmm. you go, well, but that's who they were when they were kids. Like, and that's, yeah. that, that's what the sound that they were making when they were emotionally frustrated and in a place at that mm-hmm. time period. These, they're yeah. human beings. They're developing. They're changing. Exactly. They're, exactly. Mo- they're morphing. And uh, how do you, I, I, I'd be nervous if those guys in their 60s now or whatever they are were still <laughs> the same way that they were when they were 13, 14, or 15 years yeah. old. Yeah, yeah, <sighs> you know? yeah. I'm sorry, what was the question you, you wanted there's to no say? Question. Oh, oh, there's no question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it, I, yeah, exactly, we're developing. And it was funny because when you mentioned that, I was thinking, oh, my God, I, I, I'm actually developing the other way. <laughs> So like the older I become, the more teenage-ish I, uh, I become as well. No, but it's true. It's like uh, I, I became like, yeah, so much more emotional. And they, uh, I'm not going to talk about astrology, but the funny thing that they say about Capricorns, because I'm Capricorn, uh-huh. they say that there is this reversed age process that takes Weird. place. The, the, yeah, like the older we get the younger we become, like, especially in our minds. <laughs> and honestly, I can totally relate to that. I think sometimes I'm definitely behaving like a 15-year-old. Uh, <laughs> and there's another thing that is, like, new, which is a bit funny. It's, like, it's quite annoying. That I can become so emotional with my friends that I need to hug them, you know? Like, I need to hug my friends, like, oh, I love you so much. I like you so This is this annoying. <laughs> and I'm not even drunk when I do it. well like i i you know i i admit to doing the same thing as i get older now i'm a little bit more cuddly with with the people that i'm around oh you are okay okay so it's not the only thing okay yeah i think you know you just and for me when i when i what i what i excuse it as is that it's i've just been around a bit longer and i sort of understand the yeah. the the fragileness of uh, not just life but also just happy yeah. moments and happiness in life and and yeah. really you start to respect the the good times and I, I I'm I'm constantly whether I'm like on a set and and, and I'm shooting and I take a moment mm-hmm. to just sort of stand on the set and in the environment and go take this in man because this is a fucking rarity like please take mm-hmm. this in or if yeah. I'm you know, having a really great time with my girlfriend or some friends. And I, I I find myself getting, as I get older, a bit more emotional about it because I'm like, this is the moment. These are these moments that I'll think about at the end. These will be the moments that I remember at the end. So just be in it and try to absorb as much as you can. And then honestly, there's a sick side of me as well. It's like as a storyteller where I'm like, also like, why are you feeling this way? And examine why you're feeling this way. And then how do I translate that into film later? (laughs) So there's also a (laughs) sick side of me that's doing that That's a good thing though. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) But yeah, if you can't enjoy the moment and you're like constantly thinking about work, then yeah. Yeah, yeah, psychotic. (laughs) You're like missing out on the magic. Yeah. But uh, yeah. But I, I agree with you like i think um i'm i'm very much thinking about uh that nothing lasts forever and and yeah. uh, and i'm very much i mean i'm talking about this and and i'm writing about it in room 412 mm-hmm. and and uh, it starts off with the with the emergency room somebody flatlining status heart rate
Was that his heart rate? And then actually then there's like the, the, the story in between, like a love story basically. And then in the end, me going back to get Where them back it? from the gate, so to say. And then um, mm -hmm. anyway, I'm not going to talk about that, but <laughs> just uh, I've been thinking a lot about life and death. And, and, and of course, with that comes the, the, the thought that I should very much enjoy the moment much more. I should tell people more that I love them and I appreciate them and I should just, we should just be kind with each other and such. Uh, because, yeah, it's just, we never know. Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to be more aware of it. But with that said, without becoming like totally, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> more exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, for me, and I've, I've talked about it on the show a few times, like I had a near-death experience. And so... Oh, I, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Like mm -hmm. I, I've said this, I'll paraphrase the story, but like I went mm -hmm. ice skating for the first time with my now girlfriend and I mm -hmm. slipped on the ice and I cracked my skull. And so I was yeah. in intensive care for five days and the bleeding, wow. we're waiting to see if the bleeding would stop and they wouldn't let me go to sleep. And the doctor was kind of like, it's, it's iffy, man, you might not make it through this. Oh, wow. And so that yeah. period of time was fascinating because I, I feel like, in my life, that was the moment that changed me from being the hungry young guy that was trying mm -hmm. to experience everything and, and really mm -hmm. just sort of eating up as much as I could without really registering what I was going through. Mm -hmm. And then I had this moment here, which then changed everything because, you know, on the deathbed and sort of processing all that, I remember looking back on my life and I would mm -hmm. just remember like the key points, you know, like the pillars, mm -hmm. like maybe for mm -hmm. you, it would be like when you released that album and when this thing came out yeah. or if you played a live yeah. show, it was the yeah. same kind of thing for me. Like, oh, I remember when I did that music video or if I did this, but I, I had a real hard time remembering what made me happy in between those things. And, okay. And yeah. I was like, well, hold on. Yeah. If I look at the difference in time here, I, the, yeah. th the stuff that was making me happy was about 5% of my life. And that 95% wow. was me desperately pushing and beating myself up and trying to get as much experience and exposure as I possibly could to succeed, to hopefully do more things that would expand that 5%. But I was, how come yeah. I'm not taking advantage of that other 95% of my life, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that, that I think that's when I started hugging people. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> we should do it more. We should definitely do it more. It made me think of it made me think of um like sometimes you have some people that are like saving money and saving money and then they don't allow yes. themselves to, you know, spend any money and they're saving and saving to because of this goal like like they they saving for 20 years or something, 15 years. And then what if something happens then? Was it worth it? Yeah. I mean, it's obviously good to say, I mean, why not to have like goals and projects? But then it's like, life is now. Yeah. It's still now. And I, I have a friend who actually was clinically dead um, twice. Wow. And she told me about the, what happened. She, she, what, the first time she was away for many minutes. Wow. So she, yeah. And, uh, and, um, she told me about, I get goosebumps now that I'm talking about it. She told me about um, what happened and what she saw 
and I actually wrote an article and it was published in a Norwegian uh, magazine. Mm-hmm. And I wrote an article about this because it was so fascinating uh, what Wh- she told me and how it looked like when she experienced and uh, those two times because she has a heart, um, how do you say, a, like a problem with her heart. Mm-hmm. And then she was in a car crash and that then, well, it's too long to explain. But anyway, uh, so well, it made me think uh, well, a lot about these things and a lot about like just... Yeah, hugging people a little bit more. <laughs> well, okay, so Once, so I'm yeah, compl- I'm, compl- I'm completely fascinated right now. What did she? I mean, you could yeah. if you could paraphrase yeah. it. What did she see? What did she see? Um, she saw um, first of all. I think she saw the tunnel. If I can recall this, I wrote this article a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, she saw the tunnel, but then she saw spiral stairs. Weird. that were leading upwards and it was like a she was like it was like a, a spiral like the, the, the she was moving like in a spiral upwards and together with her there were like some beings that were very long like somehow long light like light figures wow. and they were moving with her and then <laughs> um, she was in this place where there were uh, a lot of the way communication looked totally different. Hmm. Uh, so you didn't need words to uh, express anything. Everything that I wanted to tell you, for example, I would just give you the image and you would know immediately hmm. uh, the, the information would be transferred like very fast. I didn't have to use words or or anything, you would know, see the entire picture. Mm. Um, so the communication was very different. Uh, then she said that she had the feeling like she was floating in water. Mm. Uh, so the, 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 there was no gravity in that. Like you couldn't feel the gravity in the same sense. It was like floating in water. Crazy. Um, yeah, and she was she was away for a long time. I have to look look it up in the article. I have it here. How many minutes? But this is very a lot, many many minutes. That's and crazy. then uh, she actually was shown. Oh, this is very very massive. This is big. She was shown uh, why she needs to go back. Huh. And yeah. Uh, so she was shown why she needs to go back, and they showed her first the image of her um, funeral, and everybody crying and things like that. Mm-hmm. But then they also showed her an image of a young boy that was drowning. It's very deep. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, and she needed to go back, and then. I will. T- I can tell you another time, but the the boy there is a there is a definitely a link with the boy than in real life actually afterwards wow. this is the this is true yes the boy appeared later on well, wait, uh, was a it a boy that she already knew or was it someone that just appeared in her life after that uh it was a boy that appeared in her life that's crazy. she didn't know yeah so but he he didn't drown but yeah it's i i don't know if yeah i, I don't know if i can say it because sure. it's maybe sure. like yeah but uh it's crazy. the boy i we know why and uh actually so but the thing is that she didn't want to go back but when she saw the boy drowning, she knew that she needs to go back. So she went back, and the first thing she says in the ER room, she said, she was so angry. She said, why? I don't want to be here. Ugh. I don't want to be here. Why did you bring me back? I want to go back. Because what she said was that the, uh, when they showed her her life, 
uh, here. Yeah. It was such a small, tiny little bit of, of everything. Huh. And everything was over there. And that was the so big and, and that was home. And her life was just a tiny little milli, milli, millisecond of, of uh, everything. So I ran to the gate. Fast. Do you remember our promise? Can you hear me? I'll never leave you. I love you. It was very special. Yes, this is crazy. I need to send. I need to send you the. Yeah, the please interview. do. Please do. I'd love yeah, to read it. Yeah, it's a Norwegian, but I can. I think I have. I, I can translate it. Obviously. Oh yeah, please so, do. Yeah, I will do that. Yeah. Wild. That's why. I mean. This is wild. Yes. And so the. <laughs> so I already warned you that I'm a bit of a cynic, but th there's two sides yeah. of my brain when I'm listening to that. I'm like, okay, so she went on this really crazy sort of emotional journey with that. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the other side. I forget the chemical that it's called, but when you're in that almost close yeah. to death thing, you I know your brain yeah. releases sort of like this like trippy sort of hallucinogenic chemical yes. to help you process it. But yeah. I mean, even if that's the case, it's also fascinating where your brain goes when it's a when it's high yeah. on death. <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's wild, man. I, I completely yeah. believe that because when I was in the situation that I was in yeah. You know, I was hallucinating and, and, you know, I firmly believed that my inner voice wasn't my own, that someone else was using my inner voice and I couldn't, wow. I couldn't trust it. That was wow. a big, yeah, that was a big part of mine. So yeah, it's cool, man. I, I and yeah, I'm, fa I'm happy that we're talking about this. Thank you for sharing that because a lot of people oh. are afraid to talk about this stuff. I think oh. the death is such an important part of life and it's an important part of our journey and our existence. And as storytellers, it's an important thing to understand and, and, and yeah. try to witness how it happens for folks because I think maybe you could create something. If when I send you the article, you yeah, can create something. Yeah, yeah, yeah please do. why not? Please do. It is fascinating. But I also think it's good to have a like to to question things, obviously. Yeah. Uh, you know, because yeah, it's it's normal that you do, and uh, but then there are just sometimes things that are like difficult to explain hmm. with uh, I don't know si with science and things like that. I love that. But, um, I love that. Yeah. I love that things that can always be explained, and they're. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's why I like making movies because there's this sense as human beings that we all have it in us. We want to mm -hmm. believe in stuff that is beyond description and beyond explanation. And that's, I mean, that's why I do horror stuff. Like the, it's a big part of us as humans and, and the rush and the excitement that mm -hmm. I get and that people that mm -hmm. watch movies get from ghosts or unexplained phenomenon and, yeah. and how creepy yeah. and crazy and, and th th there's something fun and exciting about that stuff 
Oh, so you do horror movies? I didn't. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. that's what you do. Oh, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Yeah, I do okay. a lot of scary stuff. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, actually, you know, I'm not. I'm not able to to look at horror movies. It's not possible. <laughs> I can't. But it the surprise. funny thing is that I made a, a track with all the damn vampires. Yep. And and uh, it was actually used in the movie. Uh, they used it in the movie Terrifier too. I don't know if you heard about that it's movie. It's a big movie. Everybody loves Terrifier yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a track there with with all the damn vampires, and it's a horror movie. So when it was like. When it was premiering in Europe, I was in Sweden, and then my publisher told me, hey, the movie is out everywhere now. And I could see it, you know, everywhere, like posters, and I could see it, you know. But I was like, I couldn't go and watch it. It wasn't it's not possible. I can't sleep for if If I watch a horror movie, I can't sleep. <laughs> Honestly, it's just not possible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my stuff's a little bit different. My stuff's more cosmic horror, so it's more like a, you know, like Lovecraftian it's yeah, it'll probably freak you out. It's a larger yeah, definitely yeah, it's, it like it's larger universal like you know can't describe the fear kind of thing which I Oh which like I what love. David Lynch is Yeah, style. there's a lot of that stuff oh, in there. Oh god. Yeah, yeah, I can't watch stuff. David Lynch at all. <laughs> it's not possible. You know when I watched this movie um no it was that was that was in Twin Peaks. Yep. Uh, the guy that appears in the mirror, you know this oh, Bob. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I could you know I couldn't go to the bathroom at night <laughs> several years afterwards. I think I was afraid at night because I was afraid that he would appear. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you saw it, but he did. They brought him back in to do Twin Peaks again a few years ago. He did a series oh, on no, Showtime. No, no. And there's some really great sequences that'll scare you. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I can't. I'm, I'm not joking. I'm super sensitive to that. <laughs> See, you're the type of person I want to make horror movies for because you're going to react at such a large scale. It's, I love it when I watch horror movies with my girlfriend. She does the same thing yeah. where she'll just oh. respond on such a big scale. And you're like, yes. <laughs> and you like that. Now, of course. <laughs> of course. You should course. talk to your psychologist yes. about that. I probably should. They'll say you're sadistic. And I'll go, yes, that's my job. It's sadistic there. (laughs) Yeah, that's so cool, man. Um, Well, like, this has been good. We should probably wrap this up. We're getting pretty close. But um, I really appreciate you. And I appreciate this conversation. And I like where we went with this. A lot of really good places. Um, Me too. And I think your music is wonderful. And I, I... when I listen to it, I like where it takes me. Um, and I, I think it's a combination of both the production, but also your voice and the way you put things together. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I know that uh, we have a lot of listeners on the show that love Synthwave and where we pride. I mean, there's no reason why, because Synthwave is not huge here. It's, it, it's good here. And there's a, a really strong community of people that like it, but it's yeah. not huge. And, I just started playing it on this show because I felt like it was underappreciated and under promoted. And I, uh-huh. and being a guy who makes movies, a lot of the sound that comes from this genre is yeah. movie score to me. So, um, it just made sense. And I'm, I don't, I'm, yeah. I'm honored and I'm happy to have had you on the show. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me on the show. It was really nice to talk to you. Really, really nice. 
there it is interview in the can what a weird fascinating place we went to on this one huh some of that stuff is so fascinating to me it, it, and i don't know if you guys feel the same way but when you start talking about death right you start talking about how how someone experiences death you get a little scared you get a little freaked out right you get that little guttural thing where you're just if, i think for some people it's even it's scary for them to even start to think about it or even touch it it's almost like watching the videotape from the ring like if i think about it too much am i gonna die you know what i mean and so like that when we go down into this like untalked about territory generally untalked about territory um there's it's fascinating to me I and mean, maybe it's because i'm a horror guy maybe because i i'm sort of infatuated with that kind of stuff but it's also fascinating to me being a guy that was so close to death and being a guy that was on his deathbed for a period of time how other people process this stuff if i get my hands if she sends me that article i'll try to post it we'll see if i can um but uh yeah weird shit and the other thing that i really like and and you can hear and i said it to her when we were talking like you can hear it in her music that she is so outwardly passionate about this and she's outwardly emotional about stuff you could just feel it in the music and i think when you because there's with any genre you have the, the the pillars of that genre and then you just have a bunch of people that are copying that and whether you're talking about art this scene the new retro wave or the synth wave scene or if you're talking about you know metal or hardcore there's always the pillar right there's the, you're talking about metal it's like black sabbath right shows up does their weird version of jazz blows everybody's minds and it becomes heavy metal essentially and then you have all these like shoot offs that uh, people that are diehards that are like look if you're going to do metal it needs to have this sa the same chord structure as black sabbath and needs to have the same kind of thing that happens with it and what happens when they're trying to be so pure about it purist about it even in barbecue it's not Texas unless you're just using salt and pepper. When you're trying to be that pure, it gets stagnant. It gets a little bit boring, and there is an emotional element that isn't into it. I'm not saying that they're not good musicians. It just doesn't feel the same way, right? As like, you know, typo negative showing up and deciding that, hey, if we take Black Sabbath and we slow it down two or three times as slow, this becomes this really sort of interesting, emotional, almost gothic sound. That comes out of it and you go oh fuck and then that becomes a new pillar bam 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 and that's a new one in the scene i think what she's doing is really great i think what she's doing uh transcends a lot of other folks that are doing a similar thing that she does because it's so loaded with her emotion um and i think that's what drew me to it when i listened to her tracks uh so big shout out to the new retrowave label for hooking us up i'd love to do more artists so we'll continue to communicate on that do you, do you guys like the show did you guys like what we talked about i tried to let the conversations go to like a very organic place there's nothing worse than just <laughs> listening to like a, a a fucking interview with a musician where they're like so uh how did you have your guitar tuned for that song and then this one song that you played i, I how did you you know fuck that like i'd rather communicate about emotions and i'd rather communicate about you know where they go and how they feel and where this art comes from you know because that seems to be the biggest thing that confuses folks is where this art comes from and i think that 
be, is the biggest thing that confuses people that are afraid or they're you know pushing they're saying that ai is going to change the way art is it's not necessarily going to change the way artists do their thing it's just going to change the way uh people perceive art and probably in a bad way but we'll see um anyway not rambling thank you for listening to the show hope you enjoyed it i've been recording a lot more episodes there's a lot more great stuff on the way uh we'll keep this show fascinating even through the strike even though i can't interview specific folks because of it uh we'll get weird like today's episode leave you with one final track from yota thanks for listening and as always i'll see you next tuesday <laughs>